Welcome back, rugby fans, to another episode here with the Rugby Rant team. And on this occasion, again, we have another rugby insider here on the Run, Pass, or Kick interview. We put ourselves, sorry, I stand corrected, our guest to the test on this occasion. And joining us here today, my name is Ty Brogger, the host for today's activities, alongside Rob, the Hammer Hammerschmidt, and more importantly, the man of the hour, Mike Tolkien from the PR7s. And of course, many other things when it comes to rugby. But more recently, you have been nominated the general manager in heading up the new launch of PR7s. Mike, welcome to the show, my friend. Thank you, Ty. It's great to be on, Rob. Great to be on tonight. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's an absolute pleasure, pleasure, my friend. And as always, we need to remind our viewers how it works. So to run you through it, I hand it back to my colleague, Rob. Thank you, Ty. And... uh, Every time we have a new guest on, I'm just always astounded how great the guest lineup that we have are. And I'm always amazed a guy like Mike Tolkien joins us. And it's what a what a great opportunity we have in front of us. So I welcome all the fans to the Run, Pass, or Kick. And it's going to work like this for the other, those who are uninitiated. We're going to pose questions to Mike. We'll prompt those questions with Run, Pass, or Kick. Michael, let us know what he's going to do. And uh, let more importantly, the fans know, you guys know at home, what he's going to do. If he opts to run on the question, it's simply going to mean that he is going to answer the question straight away. And, of course, he can also opt to pass a question, which is to suggest that he doesn't want to answer that one. Perhaps it's too hot a topic, doesn't want to get himself into hot water. Or he can have a little fun with us, put us on the back foot, make us play a little defense and kick. And that simply means that we have to answer the question in his stead. We have to try to figure out what his answer is. And he, of course, can grade us out. He can say we were great, we covered the kick well, or that we were total shite and out of position. And uh, of course, somebody of Mike's stature will always know whether his boys are out of position. So uh, Mike, are you ready for the run, pass, or kick challenge? Yeah, the uh, the pass and kick options sound really good, but uh, <laughs> I may have a run with a few of these. Looking like a true back. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going we're gonna to have a little fun with the first one. Uh, hopefully, you won't kick it because I'll be really interested to find out what your thoughts are on this one. But run, pass, or kick. Will Mike Friday be back as the USA Sevens head coach for the next Olympic cycle? Holy cow, Rob. Right off the bat. <laughs> right into the fire. No okay, holding uh, any punches back, eh? <laughs> you know what, Rob? I'm going to run with this one. I'm not gonna, I'm not going to back off. Uh, I think obviously not meddling was, was, was tough, but I, I also think that coming off this year, the, you know, like everyone, there was just so, there was such a lack of continuity and it was hard to get regenerated. And I still think that there's a feeling of unfinished business. So it might not be for the full four years, but I, I think that, I think that Mike Friday will be back, uh, for at least a short period of time. And, uh, and try to get, you know, the new blood up and running and, and getting off on a good fit to the next cycle. I, you know, and I'm glad you answered it. And I can certainly appreciate the tough spot that I put you in. But in all honesty, I think there was a lot of criticism of of uh, Coach Friday after the Olympics that we kind of, you know, fell a short. But quite frankly, in the Olympics and at the high level of competition, the margins between first and sixth are relatively narrow. Right. I mean, that's a tough lot to be in when you're talking about Great Britain and South Africa, you know, et cetera. Fiji, of course, New Zealand. That, that's totally right. I mean, there, there are some awesome teams out there. And if you remember, hey, they got to the quarterfinal round. They got off to a blazing start. I mean, it, it was amazing. 
Uh, I thought they had a, a really tough call on a penalty that I believe led to Great Britain's first try. Uh, and then a, a, a tough yellow card. So they're down and they allow two tries. And the next thing you know, the, the game's turned upside down right. when it was really looking fantastic. I couldn't believe they looked in their stride, ready to go. Right. And so, you know, you take one or two things away and, hey, it's a different story. And, you know, such is the nature of sevens, right, is that it is an unpredictable game that makes it exciting as well. And, yeah. uh, you know, we want to be able to dive into some more of the coaching topics, but we're going to turn the attention on you where it should be right now. Run, pass, or kick, Mike. You have been fortunate enough to be able to coach at all different levels of rugby from high school to the national teams. So it comes to say that you've almost seen every step of the way, at least in that coaching realm. So with that in mind, here lies the question, run, pass, or kick. At which level of the game do you enjoy coaching most? Oh, another good one. Um, well, Ty, I'll definitely, I'll definitely run with that one. You know, I, you know, I cut my teeth definitely at, at high school rugby. It did it for many years. And, uh, you know, the enthusiasm and the teaching aspect of it, and, and the, you know, the opportunity to really get down and, and have to hone what you know and how you communicate it was great. It was really enjoyable, um, you know, and, and those times of, of going to tournaments, going on tour, bringing kids around the world for the first time. So that was such a, uh, an enjoyable time in my career and really spent thousands of hours doing it. And any high school coach will tell you that's so, so rewarding. So I'll definitely, you know, the other things might be glamorous and everything you get you get a lot of you know highlights and, and lowlights, but but the schools was great. I loved it. I like yeah, that answer. I think that's that's perfect. Yeah, as a high school coach myself, I what I always notice is that kids don't have egos coming in because they don't know that much about rugby, and so for them, they they're they're much more like sponges. They much more are ready to yeah, no bad habits listen. that are formed, yep. no expectations, right. They have some bad habits from other sports, <laughs> but they have no expectations uh, and they, they have good it says, expectations. It says me and all my wisdom of coaching, you know, <laughs> <laughs> they, uh, but they love it. I haven't, I've rarely met a kid across decades who hasn't loved rugby when he's first done it. So that's refreshing. hundred percent. Let's turn our attention a little bit to the, the game at the higher level, uh, we know recently that North America, the United States, and Canada have applied to host Rugby World Cup 2027, and we think it's more of an eye on 2031, of course. Having been part of the Eagle staff in both uh, Rugby World Cup 2011 as defensive coach and 2015 as the head coach, run, pass, or kick, can the United States be in a position to break into the knockout stage of 2027 or 2031? Um, I'll run with this. I mean, I think that they certainly, they certainly, they can be, um, you know, and the reason, the reason that I say that is obviously we now have every single one of our players playing professional rugby, you know, as a career, um, when I was coaching and probably into John Mitchell, um, you know, it was kind of the last era where you had amateur players, you know, and that those teams were two thirds amateurs and a third pro. Uh, so the first hurdle is the fitness level, the, the week in and week out grind and competition. So that's building. We're only four years into the MLR. Uh, obviously, the last World Cup was disappointing, um, but we're, it's still early days, you know. So we still have two cycles. We're doing great things with the Pathways Project, 
and identifying young kids with talent IDs around the country. And that's going to pay dividends and this feeder system and the draft. It all takes time to, 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 to catch on. And, and once that all gets streamlined, I think we'll be in a good process to compete because we certainly have the athletes and we just needed full-time competition for them. Right. Absolutely. I agree with that. The competition factor being one of the most important. Turning our attention to the players now, here lies my question to you, Mike. This one's also going to be a toughie. And Rob crafted some brilliant questions here. So if you if you feel like you like the like his mission is to try and get a pass or a kick out of you, but don't make it this occasion, okay? <laughs> so here it lies. Here it lies. Run, pass, or kick. Anyone that has coached uh, this sport at any level of the game inevitably has that one player, that one athlete they wish they could clone and have ten of that person. They might be the hardest working, that might be the one with the greatest attitude uh, or just that star quality that they have, that they possess, that you wish everybody had a little bit of something like that. Who's that player for you? All right, I'm going to be greedy and and I'm going to run again. Um, So I'm sorry I'm not passing and kicking, but I'm sure you guys have no problem. I'm perfectly okay with that on this occasion. (laughs) Um, all right, Ty, you know, I think obviously, you know, I think we all know that there are a, a bunch of players that you, you love over the years and they work great and their attitudes are phenomenal. Um, a, a couple of guys who stand out, if I could, I'll use two. Um, Scott Lavalla, who, who had a great career. Um, he was tireless in his work effort. He constantly did extras. He performed. He was always on the ball. He was a leader. Uh, he was great in everything that he did because he he cared and he prepared. Um, you know, he was the guy doing extras. He was the guy leading. He was the guy being positive. He was the guy doing the extra work. And when he got off the field, he was able to turn it off. You know, Scott wow. liked to have a good time. He was in great shape and performed, but he could go and have a good time and enjoy himself. So he was he was definitely a guy. I love it. And another guy, uh, Falau Nua, uh, loved his attitude. He was you know, he just competed with sevens. He was in the 15 World Cup uh, with 15. Just such a enthusiastic, infectious, loved the game, loved, so appreciative of being there. And, uh, you know, that attitude, you can't replicate that. It just does so much to energize and bring right, good Great product. ambassadors for the sport, right? Totally. Yeah, so that's that's my answer there. Look at that. I got two. I got a double yeah, what yeah, I thought I would. Two one. <laughs> Double prizes, as they would say in Toy Story. Um, so, you know, we've been, it's been really good to hear your answers on these and the fact that you've taken these head on. Um, again, we wrote some questions that, or I wrote some questions that I, I maybe I'd get a pass, maybe I'd get a kick, we'll see. But um, I felt compelled to ask this next question, um, even though it might be a little sensitive, because uh, Todd Clever, we asked a question of Todd um, when he joined the show, and I felt it important to be able to have, uh, you know, given that you're here, to be able to ask you a similar question and, and kind of give your perspective. It's only fair. Um, so here lies a question, uh, Run Pastor Kick. We we asked his perspective on the on his dismissal from the team as you guys were building to Rugby World Cup um 2015. And of course you were the head coach. So run, um, run pass or kick as the Eagles head coach at the time, would you like to provide fans with your perspective on the matter of him being, you know, sent home or, or released from the team? Well, I'll run with it. Um, you know, I think it's important, you know, um, 
You know, I think at the time that it happened, it certainly, you know, we, we made a misstatement about the facts leading up to it and the reasons. And the, I think the two important things are, you know, leading up to that, you know, uh, I had known Scott uh, Todd since I was, um, you know, I coached him in under 19s. You know, he was 15 years old and I had gone, went back a long time. So it certainly wasn't an easy thing. You know, we had we had a long relationship and a, and a good, you know, had had a good one. Um, and in time leading up to that, it also wasn't a snap decision. You know, there there were talks and stuff leading and building into that uh, into that moment and that and that time and that decision. And it also was a decision that was made with a lot of people. It was not by any means a unilateral decision, um, and a, and a decision with that weight and that caliber of player was made with consultation of many people um, and many experienced people. So it was really hard. It was losing a very experienced player. Um, the reasons that we did it were were explained clearly. Uh, certainly, I know Scott was, Todd was disappointed. Sorry, I keep thinking <laughs> we've just talked about Scott Lavala, but, um, you know, and Todd, um, it certainly the reasons were enumerated and, and put out there and, you know, we thought about it, and I thought about it personally for a long time, and it was thought over a period of time in collaboration, and, um, you know, we felt it was for the best of the team at the moment, um, and that's why we did it, and, um, you know, uh, just the process was thorough, and I think that's the important part, involving a lot of people, and it had to be unanimous, and that, that is the important part. Thank you. We appreciate your candor on this one respond yeah. to that. Sorry, Rob, I didn't mean to cut you off there. No, no, not an easy situation and, and certainly not one that, uh, you know, one that, that I like to make at all. You know, it, right. it was no, tough. I mean, it's the tough part about the, 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 the job, right? And, uh, you know, again, thanks for, for taking the time to be able to explain that because, you know, like Rob had mentioned, we had Todd on the show. It was nice to be able to get it the, the different side of the story there or, you know, wherever it may be. But here lies the next part. Do you have any run, fun ones? Run, pass, or kick. Oh, I'm sorry. Run, pass, or kick. <laughs> Talking about USA Rugby for a moment here. There has been some criticism of late about USA Rugby, about their vision, their strategies, and so the list goes on. Some fans are admittedly frustrated. However, setting that aside for a moment, in your opinion and from your experience, what is the one thing USA Rugby has to do better moving forward? All right, I'm going to, I am going to kick and I'm going to kick the tie. I felt it coming. <laughs> <laughs> okay. For me, I'm not going to go too deep and I'm just going to say there needs to be more youth, more programs encouraging uh, younger players to adopt the sport as, as young as possible. Um you know, providing that, you know, and it's it's not the responsibility of the MLR. We've had conversations of these that people look at the MLR and they go, well, you know, there's not enough USA eligible players. There's not enough representation across the, the teams. It's not the MLR's responsibility to build USA players. Now, certainly have they helped do it? Absolutely. Have they provided a professional platform to them for them to excel? Absolutely. But I want to see USA Rugby growing the sport from the youngest age groups possible, getting it in school programs and allowing it to reach all parts of the nation for it to grow as soccer uh, did in the 90s, right? 
And so we could eventually get that benchmark. I think when when soccer started uh, in 94, when the rugby, uh, sorry, soccer World Cup rolled around, they had probably a 10th, maybe even 15 times less players than they have registered now. So obviously these mechanisms are in place. So the second half of that is getting a Rugby World Cup on U.S. and Canadian soil. Good answer. Love it. You were going to say that no matter what. (laughs) (laughs) A good coach. (laughs) I agree with you. You made made very good points. I like that. Uh, well, they hear me talk about this every week. Uh, so <laughs> I had that one locked and loaded. So thanks for allowing me the opportunity to speak yeah. one more time. One more time. <laughs> Remind Wait. people how we feel about that issue. It, make, it makes sense. It, it's definitely a solid answer. All right. Yeah. I appreciate that. So you'll grade me as an A, A plus, C. No, I'll give you an A. I'll give you an A. All right. Not the A plus. What do I have to do? No, a plus <laughs> Perfection is hard to come by. <laughs> let's let's continue our talk about the USAR uh, for the moment um, in rather short order. And Ty reference some of the criticisms that have been out there amongst fans and supporters of USAR and the Eagles. Um, but in rather short order, uh, the Eagles and USAR organized matches against England and Ireland in July, right at the you know end towards the end of the MLR regular season. Some fer- fans heralded this heralded this as um, a great move. Some said it was a terrible move. The question I have for you is run pass or kick. Was this the right move for the Eagles and the USAR? I will run with this. And I will say that clearly they had to get back playing again. I think it was a, it was a tall order, even though it was a Lions year, those teams are still good. And, sometimes they're more dangerous because you have players who are chomping at the bit, trying to win spots. And it, 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 you have people, you have players who are coming out of premiership, you know, in great form and they're trying to win spots and impress Jones, you know, and and impress Farrell. And so those games become tough, but a, we needed to get back onto, onto playing B they offered great situations, great venues, and a real challenge. So it, it was always going to be tough. I don't think anyone expected Ireland. Um, but it's a good team. That was a good team out there, even though there was a lot of second and third choice players out there. It's a good, promising team out there. So, listen, it was a starting point. Um, I don't think you had to play too much into it. You know, it was tough how Dublin ended up, but it was a starting point, and they got a whole slate of competitive and important games coming up. So put it in the rearview mirror and let's look into these important games. We got to get into the World Cup. Right. One of which uh, coming up is the, of course, the World Cup rugby qualifiers. Uh, September 4th will be in, uh, is it Vancouver? Is that the venue for that one? I think. Anyways, but it's going to be in Canada and then one here in the U.S. at Infinity Park on September 11th, where Fortunately enough, I'll be there as the uh, stadium announcer for that one. So it'll be a really great opportunity to be able to see the boys again in action, uh, leading into, of course, the, uh, the the later internationals with the championship in mind. So, yeah, you bring up a good point. It's a place to start. Yeah, it's a place to start. They were together. They had good, they had great facilities leading up into it. Um, listen, looking forward now is all that matters. So Exactly. I love that. Looking forward. And speaking of great places, Let's talk about Tidehead Brewing Company. 
It's Chicago's premier location to watch rugby and enjoy quality ales and lagers for all seasons. Located in Mundelein, Illinois, in the heart of Lake County, owner Bruce Durr and the Tighthead staff will ensure you are kept well hydrated so you don't miss a single scrum. Tighthead's tap room is like the familiar rugby clubhouse in which friends and teammates can meet, socialize, and enjoy a wide variety of brews on tap. And guys, they're going to have some exciting rugby on the screens while you're enjoying the excellent lagers and ales that they provide. So, hey, Chicago, when you want rugby, Tighthead Brewing Company will satisfy your thirst. Tighthead, it's worth more than a try. And I'm like, we're going to turn our attention to a fun little segment. Just got to pull it up. It's called the Quick Tap for those fans at home that watch frequently. They know what this is all about. A little fun opportunity to get to know our guest, in this case, Coach Mike Tolkien, GM Mike Tolkien, um, a little bit better. Now, uh, this first one, you are you hail from New York. Right, you're you're a Nyack guy. You you're Saint Zab's coach. You're I mean you're born and bred in New York City, which I know uh, makes the big guy um, his his belly fill with laughter like Santa Claus on Christmas. <laughs> um, so the first question is, you're in New York. Do you grab a slice or a hot dog? I go to a slice. Now, I love my hot dogs, but I go to a slice first. Okay. Again, uh, Scott now is getting super excited. He's given me the okay symbol. Uh, great story for those who don't know. He came to Chicago one time, was hungry as hell, and a traditional New York fashion when he grabbed a slice of Chicago-style pizza, which is the deep stiff stuff, he folded it over like a taco, just like he would a slice in New York City, and he ate the whole thing in two bites. Quite an impressive feat. So, uh, next I, do like a, I do like a Chicago dog, though. Yeah. Like yeah. Oh, yeah. Next Olympics, there is going to be a slice eating contest, and and Scott will be gunning for the gold. <laughs> so uh, the next one, uh, which wins championships, offense or defense? Jeez, these days, these days, it's hard to say. Um, defense always does, but geez, with some of these teams, you have to outscore them. So I'm going to go with defense, but with a big, a big asterisk there because outscoring great teams has become almost as important. Yeah, absolutely. Are which one's more enjoyable for you? Sevens or fifteens? For me, fifteens. <laughs> I, I like the fact you didn't go be periodic answer. You just came out with your opinion. And that's that's good to Yeah, know. you know, listen, yeah, I, I think uh I think 40 years under the belt probably uh, is a giveaway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you look at the evidence. <laughs> yeah, if you look at the body of work. <laughs> Okay, so uh, given that answer, let's go to the next one. You're building a 15s roster. You have your first selection. Are you going with the tight head prop or the fly half for, with your first selection? Fly half. Decision maker. All right. Last one. So we're going to talk about sevens here since you are the GM of the PR sevens league. 100-meter sprint competition winner. Baker or Isles? Oh man, I can get in real trouble for this one. <laughs> <laughs> no kick or pass allowed on this. Oh man, we, can we cut the show? Um, <laughs> it was, it's live. Right. <laughs> I'm gonna flip a coin. Um, I'm just I'm gonna go with Isles. Wow. Okay. All right. So Baker has something to prove here. Yeah. yeah. A couple Motivation for the upcoming games. I'm going right? to get a phone call. I am going to get a phone call. <laughs> we have another show tomorrow. That's awesome. Uh, so, 
I wanted to be able to take the opportunity to remind everybody, if you like what we do here, make sure that you continue to follow us online under the handle at Rugby Rant Pod, where you can get more content just like this. Every Monday, we have a new Rugby Insider. We'll be in the hot seat for the next run, parcel, kick interview with myself, Rob, and Scott here from the Rugby Rant team at 8 p.m. CST again every Monday evening under the handle at Rugby Rant Pod. You can find us on all social media platforms. But I also wanted to take the opportunity to be able to address one of our newest partners who have joined us here on the Rugby Rant. That is the CanIBrands.com. This CBD plant-based product will help you mend, revitalize, refresh, healing, sleep, whatever you need, they've got the cure. And the reason I say that is because I have as you can tell, got the upbeat tempo of a guy who has had a little bit of caffeine from the cat eye boost. <laughs> it's working pretty good. Um, we do these podcasts. Yeah, yeah, I have. I don't know what you're talking about, guys. <laughs> but uh, doing a three-hour-long segment of podcasts after podcasts in the evening where we film on Monday nights, uh, cat eye boost is the one that I go for. Um, but really it's, there's, there's a couple of different products. Rob, yeah. I know you're using the sleep one. Is that right? Yeah. The can I sleep exactly As you can take the can I boost and then come down with the can I sleep. <laughs> right. <laughs> I got to tell you, uh, for folks at home, I really, really like this product. And the reason why it does allow me to kind of calm down, shut it down and really get relaxed. And it keeps me, um, you know, in REM for the whole of the evening. And I've tried a variety of products and I tell you that some of the products out there give me like a hangover, which is kind of surprising. Right. And I sleep really does not. It does a great job. Uh, it's, it, you know, the, the quality of the taste is, is, is up there. As we know, a lot of CBD products kind of right. have. A and if you, food. and talking about the taste, I mean, look, if you want to like to use the dropper, it's got, um, it's a good, I mean, I find the most, if you're kind of adverse to and like a strong flavor, the the pump of these the oral spray is probably best yeah. it's a lighter mist this is more concentrated i feel uh, it doesn't bother me in the least but if you were a person who felt like okay you have an aversion to a strong flavor this is just as good or whether it's the drops you know they all do the same thing which is like eight drops and you're good to go like you said for you rob it's the sleep yeah. one so after eight of those like you know you hit the hay pretty good ready to go uh, we'll, yeah, we wanted to be able to give everybody the opportunity to try it out themselves. Now, this is a new partnership, so they've given us the chance to be able to share with you as the viewer a promo code that will give you 25% off. So what you want to do is put everything you can in one basket. Not only are you going to get the saving of 25% off, but it's going to be off everything inside that order. So you might as well add as much as you can to get the greatest saving. Uh, and anything above $49 on an order, we'll get you free shipping as well anywhere in the continental US that, of course, they will ship to. Make sure that you follow the guidelines for your state. But, you know, I want to make sure that we hit a couple of the important points. This is non-habit forming. You know, it's a great alternative to uh, to prescription medications um, that really is a, a great holistic, natural way to be able to recover, to mend, heal, revitalize, refresh, sleep, uh, and all of those things, which, of course, is the boost as well. So go and check them out again. The name is canibrands.com. Canibrands, you'll find them online with their store using the code RANT25 for that 25% off. Again, that was canibrands.com. 
Thanks for the opportunity to address that. Now we need to jump back into the RPK with, of course, the man in the hot seat, Mike Tolkien, the PR7's GM for the upcoming start coming October 9th, I believe, is the opening date. So we're going to drive our attention towards PR7's now that we know a little bit of your history, the background that you have. We already touched on some of the highlights in your CV, which is longer than, than, than most people have, uh, have uh, been playing rugby themselves, right? So let's continue forward onto our next question, Mike. Run, pass, or kick. Your most recent adventure had seen you be named general manager of the Premier Rugby Sevens. What details can you provide for fans about this new league? Okay, I think I have to to run with this one. Yeah, Yeah. I think (laughs) I have to run with this one. Um, I think I'd be uh, chastised by my bosses if I didn't, but I want to. I want to get the information out there. so the league uh, is completely based, and I know we'll talk about it later, but based on equity of men and women, uh, six men's teams, four women's teams, all competing at the same arena, AutoZone Park in Memphis, Tennessee. And that's going to be October 9th um, of this year. And it's going to be a great event. You know, we we look to have some of the Olympians playing with us, the U.S. pool players, uh, other other great American players throughout the country, men and women. And, uh, you know, it's an event that we're really looking forward to, uh, a great party atmosphere, great rugby. And, uh, you know, we feel that, you know, this game, it's going to be picked up by Fox Sports, TSN. Uh, so some really, some really fantastic things around it. Um, and it should be a, a, an awesome spectacle. You know, a lot of hard work behind it. A lot of experienced people, too, uh, working it on, on the – PR sevens team. A hundred percent. And, um, you know, one question I just wanted to follow up with that. Uh, you talked about us players. We've, I think in, in the promo video, if you haven't seen it for folks that are watching, uh, promo video is really slick. Uh, they've got Abby Gasitis and they've got, um, my tapper and, uh, you know, Danny Barrett and, um, you know, uh, Carlin, Carlin Isles, Perry Baker, um, Will we see international players, uh, you know, from any of the other Olympic sevens teams coming in, or, or is this purely a an American focused sevens league? This is this is really American, North American focused, and listen, especially this year, um, and and partly it had to do with COVID. Um, we, you know, the risk and could you the volatility of getting international people in, and if they didn't come. So, you know, we, we want to put out a product that we, we were definite in. And that was one reason that we made it a single weekend. Uh, one of the re- reasons that we had purely Americans is we needed to put a rollout product in that we knew we could do and rely on um, all the elements involved in it. So it'll be Americans. There's an opportunity. We'd, we'd certainly like to expand to Canadians. Um, and that's going to depend on various things in terms of getting into the country. Um but about heavily Americans and international Americans. Gotcha. Okay. So uh, it sounds like, I mean, it sounds perfect. It sounds like you guys are rolling this out in a real sensible manner, maybe uh, conservative, but perhaps given the time situation that we're in and some of the challenges, obviously with, you know, visas and getting people into the country, right. it, it, that, that's what not an easy time to be able to get people in right. and around the world. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and think, Things changed, and once we also saw some of the things happening with Delta and 
some rates were going up, not 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 so much here, but even before it even got here. You know, we, we just didn't want to have to deal with, hey, you know, all of a sudden these people aren't coming here. And uh, we just needed something we could bank on for this first yeah. season. And it it just made the process better. And listen, you know, we have the best athletes in the world in America. So and we got plenty of them. So, you know, it is a great platform to make it work. And one thing I can tell you I've always loved about America is it knows how to put on a good show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's part two. And I, I, I know Tennessee does a pretty good job of that, too. We're going to talk about that in a yeah. moment. So yeah. hold on that one there, yep. Rob. I think you can dive into the next question as well. Yep. Yep. So um, the the way it's organized for folks that don't know, the league uh, in an ideal situation, a league is going to travel, you know, to a different city. Um, teams won't be city-based like the MLR, you know, like you have Rooney and Nola Gold, et cetera. Um, it's going to be more of a, you know, a, a festival style, if you will. Um, and much the same for folks who also follow lacrosse, PLL does the same thing. Um, so herein lies my question. Um, what are the run pass or kick? What are the pros and cons of this format, Mike? All right, Rob, I'll obviously run with that. Um, the, the pros of it are, you know, that everything is controlled by the league. And, and, and that's not to say in a controlling manner where we stifle people and, you know, are looking to dominate people. It's just content and facilities and, you know, everything involved with running a good show are controlled centrally. Um, when you do that in a city-based way, kind of like the original pro rugby years ago, that was 15 city-based but controlled centrally, it gets out of control really quickly. But when you have everything kind of centrally located and you're moving together, it's really important to have that central control to make basically to steer the ship right. Um and, you know, you start putting too many cooks in the kitchen and that type of dynamic, it can get out of control really quickly. So I think controlling the content, controlling the, the programming, controlling the logistics it, from a single entity is really important in, in, in that one. Um, and I think, you know, some of the challenges in that type of model is that, hey, it's, it's, it's a big ship to control. You know, it's a big tanker in the middle of the ocean and every move takes a long time for it to move. Um, and you gotta you gotta move it and turn it, you know, accurately because everything's depending on it. So all that control centrally located is a big responsibility. So that that's one of the challenges to having a um, you know a single entity model like like that. And, and if I may, what I do love about that model is that you know I'm familiar with sevens. I watch the Olympic sevens. I watch the men's. I watch the women's game. And and I know some of the you know I know the big names. You know my one of my favorite guys to watch is Danny Barrett. Right. As electric as Isles and Baker are. And, you know, and, and Gasitis is a, on the women's side, similar to Bear, just a, you know, strong physical presence, but has a lot of elegance, pace, power, speed, combines it all for me. And so, you know, I love the model because I can say, well, the team I'm following is is the team that Barrett's on. Right. Because yeah, that's exactly. my group, Right. I don't feel like I have to be aligned with a team because it's, you know, for my city. So I think it's a nice alternative to to that city model. Well, definitely. I mean, I, I think. People will gravitate towards players. You know, Sevens is very big on that. You you might like the speedster. You might like the tough, rough and tumble guys. You know, so there's people that fans attach onto, and I think that's one of the natural manifestations of of Sevens. Um, and I think you know the other thing about that is, you know, when we go to to various cities, you know, who the crowds react differently. Who do they like? What's you know? So every every town, every city is different. Just like on the World Sevens, you know, circuit, it's it's a different atmosphere and 
people gravitate towards a different person and it's just a different feeling and you know so things change as we move along but uh you know you, you think you're dead right about that so if uh if the u.s had won an olympic gold that would have been the greatest advertising possible for our <laughs> sevens yes <laughs> that would have been uh that would that would have been the marketing uh right right marketing budget done <laughs> Uh, yeah. As a side note, I mean, the U.S. women beating Australia, the, the former gold medalist from from Rio, was an amazing accomplishment. Absolutely, yeah. I, I mean, unfortunately, when you when you don't get the medal, that kind of falls by the wayside. Yeah. But 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 Rob, you're absolutely right. A great achievement against an outstanding team, and I think they beat them in the final of the uh, the Glendale leg just before COVID, um, and that was a great great game. They were defending champ. So, you know, a, a, an awesome win, a historic win. Um, so we shouldn't forget that. Take a moment, Mike, to be able to talk about the, the venue. Now, set the scene. We're going to drive this question home, and uh, I want you to elaborate as much as you like on this one. The PR7s will open its inaugural season on October 9th in Memphis, Tennessee. Why did the league choose Memphis? rather than another MLR city that has a solid rugby fan base like Seattle, San Diego, LA, or any of the others where there's an existing rugby culture to build upon. Why Memphis in Tennessee then? Great question. And I think, you know, any, anyone who's gone and looked for venues um, for potential internationals or the like, um, you know, realizes quickly that there are a number of factors once you've identified cities. So, there were a number of cities that we identified, some, you know, in MLR cities, uh, facilities. But um, once again, COVID came into play. Could they commit to that early enough? Um, and if they can't commit to it early enough, that that backlogs flights and hotels and everything else that goes with it. So some places were ruled out because they couldn't confirm early. Um, other places, when it came down to the wire, what could the infrastructure do for you in, in the city? Um, how active were they? How helpful were they? How expensive were they? So the, the prices just go, you know, <laughs> from the extreme ridiculous to, all right, that's that's a, that's a great reasonable deal, you know, for, so all those factors came into play. And I think in the end, we wanted to get a city-based area. Uh, this venue, AutoZone, is right downtown. Uh, it's drawn great with their soccer games. So they always draw a great crowd. It's right downtown, vibrant Memphis, and the city uh, and inf infrastructure, and especially Memphis Inner City Rugby, that great organization, one of the best in America, was so helpful from everything from business help to securing the field and everything related to that. So I think in the end, that kind of secured it for us. They, right. they went above and beyond to welcome us, to invite us, and to do everything they could to make this work. Rob, I'm going to jump in here with a follow-up. Two of them, very quick-fire ones. They don't have to be long responses. The first one, I'm going to press you. What other cities were considered? Are you happy to share any any thoughts there? Ty, for the first time tonight, I'm going to pass. All right. I got one. <laughs> I answered the juicy ones. Come on. I got one. I got one. Okay. So he's holding that in his back pocket. Watch. Second part of that, and this one you got to run with, what, what can fans expect in the in-stadium experience? Uh, okay, great, a great stadium. Uh, really, you know, remodeled and, and redone up for the soccer games. Uh, great decks, uh, social decks for, you know, with bars and food and 
great viewing seats and outdoor areas where people can just hang out, relax, have beers, have food, great views of the game. Uh, a great, uh, an awesome field there. Uh, really do a good job in converting the baseball field into rugby, covering, you know, no dirt. It's all grass. Uh, the dimensions are good, very competitive with international standards. Um, you know, nice new tall goalposts, making it look, you know, give it that good rugby look. Um, so the fan experience will be vibrant, electric. There's going to be entertainment all around it, uh, just like the good seven, international sevens events. And, uh, you know, that it's not for the in-fan experience, but they can contribute to that TV coverage by Fox Sports and TSN. Right, who are pondering the opportunity for themselves to join you out there on October 9th. I think tickets are as reasonable as 20 bucks and upward uh, to be a part of that experience, that wonderful festival vibe that has been made by Sevens Rugby and why it's become such a popular rugby product across the globe. Um, So, yeah, we'll be talking more about this topic in particular for you as a fan of the Rugby Rant in our upcoming episode that will be launched this Friday on the Rugby Network. Make sure that you go and check us out on there for our Rugby Debate episodes where myself and the team battle it out against each other for top honors. Whoever puts the best points forward will win that debate and you'll get to be able to see Rob Hammerschmidt alongside Scott Ferrara and a guest ranter that rotates each and every week. And it could be you, in fact, if you let us know that you'd like to be on the show, follow us under the handle at Rugby Rant pod and you too can have your opportunity to join us on a future episode should you wish to tackle scott ferrara and rob hammishman on a rugby debate episode rob i hand it back to you thanks uh before i go to the next question mike i just had a, a brainstorm you know if 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 uh we could get down there to memphis you know ty and i maybe we could have uh the big guy because you're from new york the big guy gets stuffed in one of your uh you know pieces of luggage and he could get down there too we could do a whole show from you know live show from memphis i, I think that would be grand so i think it'd be fantastic we can we can arrange i don't know if the pizza down there is any good but i think there's some <laughs> good barbecue that he would be happy with Okay, you need to do your recon. Go and check the best pizza place possible. This is important, okay? This is your research. Go do some homework, Mike. <laughs> I, I think I can live with that assignment. All right. <laughs> I, I, actually, Mike just hit the, the code word for me, barbecue, man. I'm all over that. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, all right, let's move to the next question. And this is an important one that I really think fans uh, of rugby and fans of sports need to uh, tune into and hear from because this this is really about the ethos of the league. And so here there's a question. The league, PR7s, prides itself on the fact that male and female play- players will receive equal pay. It's all about equity in that ethos. Run, pass, or kick. Mike, how important is this to the this principle to the league and what it's all about? Yeah, I'll, I'll run with this one, Rob. Um, this is what the league was founded on. You know, we – we know that it's so important for um, for equity in sports. To, you know, for so long it's, it's been ridiculous. You know, you, you see men playing in a stadium and the women playing in the same tournament in some lousy field to the side. And I don't understand how you can put on a tournament with men and women and then have that type of treatment. So that's where it started. But then, you know, on top of that, where they're going to be playing in our competition, we feel very strongly that our women did great in the Olympics. They showed what a quality product they were. They work as hard. They train as hard. They play as well. And so they're going to be out there performing side by side with our men, uh, equal pay, equal treatment, everything. 
is equal in terms of how we operate and how they get treated as athletes because they all deserve men and women deserve that equal great treatment as elite athletes. And that's our approach. Love that message. And it happens to be national women's day in many parts of the globe. So uh, what a perfect message to be able to share. Yeah, yeah. no, for sure. And I'm glad to get that, that question. It was Glad to be able to put that out there, and we feel very strongly about that. Well, I like the way that Rob phrased it is that it's a part of the ethos. You know, you know, the the founding uh, foundation is set well, um, and that's a really important point. I mean, arguably so, women's rugby is one of the fastest growing sports in America, or North America, I should extend it to, to our neighbors as well. So why shouldn't it also have the ability to be center stage? All right. I mean, they, they entertained us at the Olympics and did a great job and, and through, you know, the, the series and they play good rugby. So people want to watch them. Good rugby is what counts. So let me dive into the next question here. And we are getting closer towards the end of our interview. And what we like to be able to do is with all of our guests come the end of this interview, following the final question, we're going to hand the mic to you. And then of course you will be able to tell us something important to you, share a story, send a shout out to friends or family. So I want you to start thinking about that now, but we're going to go back into the next lineup of questions here. Run, pass or kick. You know, the rules like the Bermuda world tens, it is likely that players from the MLR will be looking to play in PR sevens. As you noted, a lot of them will be quote unquote local players. So, have any MLR owners, GMs, or administrators expressed concern for their contracted players being injured while playing PR7s? Well, this is a tough one. What if I kick it to Rob? <laughs> By all means, oh, go ahead. Kick it in. <laughs> I don't mind. I, and, and I don't mind taking this question. I, I, when I wrote it, I really had in mind the, the Bermuda 7s more specifically, the team that I follow in all. I mean, they lost two players. Uh, J.P. Eloff and Nick Feeks um, in the Bermuda Tens to significant knee injuries, and they were never to see the field in 2021 to the detriment of of NOLA. And I that's always going to be a concern because, of course, you know, until we start to see really high levels of pay, whether it be in the PR7s or the MLR or whatever have you, um, you're going to see players try to play as much professional rugby as they can so that they can, you know, uh, put food on the table and pay the bills and pay rent and pay car payments and do all those things that we do to try to, you know, make money, live, survive and and, and feed our family. So it's, it's obviously a concern. Um, but, um, you know, let's face it. I mean, they could, they could get injured, you know, officiating a local, you know, division three match if they're, if they're picking up some extra coins. So, you know, it's, it's, it's always possible. Um, and, and athletes, you don't think about getting injured. You think about playing and competing and get the highest level you can helping your team win. So I think for a lot of, a lot of players, they'll put that aside and, and, um, they'll play regardless, uh, if there's an opportunity and, uh, GMs and administrators want to see their players get opportunities to become better and practice their skills and hone their skills. And the sevens is a great place to do that. Rob, I'll just have one quick addendum to that. Our, uh, you know, we fully intend to have, a, we have a great staff medically and look out for them. Play welfare is paramount to us and we have the best people looking out for them medically and SNC. So, you know, that's, uh, that's an important message to get out there to, to owners. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you're working with everybody. There's no us and them scenario, as you said, 
It's all about the rugby community. So there's an upside for everybody with uh, another great rugby product out there that can provide for the players a longer season, more game time, which in turn can also make them greater players too, to be able to learn a whole, perhaps a whole new skill set that they hadn't yet uh, achieved. Um, so yeah, there's an upside for everybody. Uh, and that's what we're hoping to be able to see, right? And more rugby at a higher level. That's what North American general needs. Fan engagement. Yeah, that's that's important. Right. Growing that fan base. Uh, and that's that's our motto here. Rugby rank, growing rugby yep. one fan at a time. Thank you for that window, Mike. <laughs> <Absolutely>. now. <laughs> First plan, folks. Perfect. Worked out perfectly. Oh gosh, yeah. So Rob, you want to dive into the next one there? Yeah, uh, obviously HSBC seven series will resume this fall as well. Some of the same names we talked about them: Barrett Baker, uh, Isles, etc. Uh, will play for the U.S. Uh, they have also uh, committed to playing the PR sevens. Um, you know, moving forward, run, pass, or kick. How will the PR sevens work around the HSBC seven schedule? Uh, well, since since we are a sevens league, we have to really work with them. Um, not directly, but within the parameters of how they're running. And by extension, working with both programs, men's and women's sevens, um, which so far they were, you know, they've been great. Uh, they've been really accommodating and supportive. And um, they, they know that this is an important uh, piece of development and recruitment for international sevens for America. Um, and we feel, we feel a part of our mission. So we will work within that window. You know, and it might it might change from year to year um, how we have to do it, depending on the crowdedness and how HSBC does it. So we will work within that window each year. Excellent. We are now at the last and final question, which I'll share in just a moment's time. But remember, at the end of that, we're going to give you your shot to be able to send a shout out to friends, family, draw attention to something special that you want our fans to be able to take away at the end of the show. So here lies the final question. Run, pass, or kick, what will be the benchmark of success for season one of Premier Rugby Sevens? I think that if we can sell out the stadium, I think if we have a packed house, uh, it shows that people are are interested in this. And if there's a great crowd and a buzz in the crowd, um, I think that that's success for us. We can build off that. People see it's a great product. Um, they see that it's meaningful. Um commercial sponsorship sees that TV sees that, and it helps every game overall in America. You know, everyone who's doing something like that, a commercial venture, I think that helps. So that's what we want to see. We want to see a packed house and everyone having a great time with good rugby in front of them. So fans, for those of you who didn't hear it, get to Memphis on October 9th, get yourself some tickets, enjoy the fun and fanfare that's going to be surrounded by the men and women in the United States playing sevens. And if, for whatever reason, you can't make it down there, you need to watch it on the Rugby Network or Fox Sports 2, which is its broadcast partners, correct? Correct. Okay. So there you have your charge, rugby fans. Don't complain. Get to the game. Fantastic. And oh, we all need more rugby. You know, you can never watch enough rugby when you're a rugby fan, right? So, uh, and and, you know, this for me, 
uh, I, I love all versions of the game because they bring something completely different to the table. Uh, and Sevens is among the most exciting rugby brands and products out there. And we hope to be able to see, I'm sure, the same thing for PR Sevens, which, of course, is a great opportunity to give these athletes a chance to be able to continue the professionalism here, closer to home, so to speak. And as Rob pointed out, October 9th will be that opportunity to be able to see what it's all about in Memphis, Tennessee, at AutoZone Park. Tickets as reasonable as 20 bucks upward. I think you can be on the halfway line uh, for 35 bucks. And, uh, you know, all of it's going to be a great experience, great party, great atmosphere, and most of all, great rugby. And why else do you need to be there except that, right? Mike, it has been a pleasure. As per usual, you have been the consummate pro, and uh, we appreciate that. But we want to make sure that you send out any of your special thoughts to anybody out there who may be deserving any organization you want us to be able to know about. The opportunity is yours. Well, just two things. Just a, a big shout out to the men's and women's national team at the Olympics. They did a great job, entertained us all, made us all proud, and they did a great job. Second, uh, as we approach 9-11, 20th anniversary, you know, uh, being a New Yorker, it's really uh, an important date for me, um, a solemn date, but important. So I just want to mention that uh, and the Tunnel to Towers Foundation, a great foundation which raises money to give um, – housing that works for disabled um, first responders. So tailor-made housing for first responders who have been injured. And it's a great charity uh, all around 9-11 and uh, an important day in our history and to all New Yorkers and Americans. Excellent. Wonderful message to be able to leave it off with there. And I wanted to again remind our viewers at home, whether you be watching or listening, you can continue to enjoy our content week after week here on the Rugby Rant by following us online under the handle at Rugby Rant Pod on all social media platforms. In addition, you can continue to listen to our audio podcasts and wherever you may get your podcasts from, again, under the same handle at Rugby Rant Pod, where each Monday we will have a new guest for our run parcel kick interviews alternatively if you wanted to tune in for one of our debates you can find that again on social media and also the rugby network where we'll have a new debate each and every week on every friday this coming episode we'll be talking more about premier rugby sevens and uh, we will be debating that as a team so make sure that you tune in for that one once again this has been an opportunity to be able to share with you mike tolkien General Manager from PR7s talking about the upcoming event October 9th in Tennessee. Make sure you find out more about them online. Mike, it has been an absolute pleasure. On behalf of Rob Hammerschmidt, myself, Ty Braga, and of course, Scott Ferrari, who's producing in the background, we thank you for watching another great episode of the Run, Pass, or Kick interviews with your team from the Rugby Rant, and we will see you at the next. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com podcast. Easier said, done.